0: Welcome to the Movement Made Better podcast, powered by Stick Mobility. We are your hosts, Dennis Dunphy and Neil Valera. Welcome, everyone, to the Movement Made Better podcast. Today's guest, Jeremy Frisch, the owner of Achieve Performance. Jeremy, go ahead and introduce yourself, if you would, please.
1: Yeah, so... uh I live here in Clinton, Massachusetts, and I am the owner of Achieve Performance Training. We're just a small sort of underground gym. We kind of train everybody, but, you know, I, I guess our focus is primarily younger athletes. So believe it or not, my gym is inside the building that was my elementary school. My gym is actually the former cafeteria. So I ate lunch here every day when I was a kid.
2: Oh, no then,
1: way. <laughs> yeah, 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 so now it's my gym. So it's... It's not huge. You know, there's enough space for us to do everything we need to do. And so, I mean, hopefully someday I'll have a much bigger space. But uh, for, as of right now, it's, it's paying the bills. So I'm doing good. You know, growing up, I grew up here in Clinton, Mass. And I, uh, I went to, uh, you know, I went to high school here and played, you know, all kinds of sports. And then I went on to college and I graduated from the, uh, from Worcester State University, which is probably 30 minutes down the road. And I was lucky enough there to play some football and, and uh, you know, get my degree and have a good time. And I kind of always wanted to be a college strength and, strength and conditioning coach. And I finally kind of realized that dream. I, I worked at Holy Cross, which is another school uh, right down the road from here. I did that for two years, but then my wife and I started having babies. And, you know, it was like being, being there all the time and, and not being home enough. I decided to open my own facility. And uh, I knew that one of the things I really wanted my kids to be, you know, have access to is sort of like kind of grow up in the business and be around me and, you know, be around the other athletes and things like that. So it was important for me to, to kind of, in the creation of the gym, that's sort of my idea and what I wanted. You know, I wanted a place where like basically athletes could develop from a young age, maybe, you know, say kindergarten all the way up through the years into high school and college. So we've been, a, we've been around now for about 10 years and we've had kids that literally started when they were in elementary school and now they're in college. It's, uh, it's been an exciting journey so far. And you know, now we're on four kids. So, so it's, I'm, I'm, bu- I'm a pretty busy guy.
0: Yeah, man. And the and the thing that you do with your training, especially with the kids is, is not what typically we're we're seeing with most programs in the fact that you do much more uh, spontaneous, reactive, plays, gamification-style training?
1: Sure. You know, I think, for me, my biggest influence and inspiration is probably just growing up. You know, like, I just think about what I did as a kid. I had such a great neighborhood that I grew up in. You know, I, when you walked out my front door, there was a park down the, you know, 100 yards down the road where was, there was a tennis court and basketball court and playground. You know, if it went across the street to my friend's house, there was, like, woods where we could climb rocks and run through trails. And, you know, down the other road, you know, the other way, there was, uh, you know, a pond and, and a place to ride a bicycle. So, like, we were always outside doing stuff. We were always coming up with different ways to have fun and different games. And there were so many kids in the neighborhood. I think about how that helped me develop as an athlete. And then I just try to... So, sort of use some of those ideas that I did grow up with, and i use used them in my own training. And I sort of, I've been through it with, when I worked with young kids, I've tried to implement the more organized, more structured thing, because right, the idea is this, pro athletes or college athletes use a type of training, and then it sort of like what, well, it trickles down into high school, and then it's like, oh, if it's good for high school, maybe it's good for middle school, and blah, blah, blah. You know, it might work for some people, it might work for some coaches, but I realized I could tell when I started working with younger athletes, At first, the novelty of training was great, but it wears off, and then they get really bored. And so, I realized for me, it's got to be a different approach when you're working with young athletes. And that's where the whole spontaneous kind of play, more play type obstacle courses, games. You know, I think you can develop a lot of skills through those type of you know those those type of activities. And. Just for me, it, when I started to do that, my sort of business with the kids expanded ex- exponentially. We had so many more kids want to join and sign up. It also helps to having four kids in this, you know, sort of different ages because they're friends um, that, are, sure. that are here. Like last year, I coached, well, I, co- I coached youth football, I coached travel basketball, I coached baseball. A couple years ago, I coached lacrosse and everybody picked up a lacrosse stick in my life. Okay. You know what I mean? But so you get you get to know kids too through youth sports and get to know parents and the organizations. And that's how you get That's how you get some kids as well.
2: This is great about that too, with you coaching all these different sports is you can see, you know, what really works and what, what foundation a kid needs to, you know, to be able to play all these sports. Um, have you found that less specificity and just building general qualities is a better way to go at it at, at an early age?
1: hundred percent. I've seen the kids that uh, did not, speci- that, that. sorry, I've seen the kids that have specialized. You know what I mean? And I feel like some of those kids have come to me to train and I sort of, you almost have to take a few steps back with them. You know what I mean? You have to sort of introduce basic movement skills and foundational training ideas with them because they never had access to it. And they never developed Sort of a broad base of athletic skills because they was always, they were always doing one thing. So now seeing my own kids and other kids I've worked with, where I've been able to implement just wide range of different abilities and, and try different play different sports and you know you, I've seen kids develop better all around skills, but also later on be able to put those skills into more specific means when the time was right, like you know late high school or college. So it's funny one of the kids is just here now; he's a college basketball player, but when he was in little league. He hit like 20-something home runs. Oh, damn. Oh. I bet at that time, everyone thought he was going to be a baseball player. Yeah, yeah. You know, he ended up playing college basketball because he played so many things. He played high school football. He played basketball. He played baseball. He played so many different things. He, you know, he worked out. He started training. And then lo and behold, he developed into a basketball player, not a baseball player. So you see in those things with kids, like you can't pigeonhole a kid early and say, oh, he's going to play this sport because you never know how they're going to do it. They're going to turn out. Even my my son last year, so we play American youth football. In our league, we combine grades. So it was seventh, eighth grade. So my oldest, he was sort of a heavier kid, a little bit shorter. So he played like, he played nose guard for us last year. Okay. And then he got his tonsils out and uh, puberty hit and he's grown like five inches and now he looks like, you know, he plays. He should play wide receiver. You know what I mean? He just mm-hmm. sprouted out. Yeah. He leaned out and he is a totally different body than he had last year, which would make him in a totally different position than he would on the field this year. It's really crazy. So growth and maturation is a, hu- is a huge thing. It's one of those things I, lo- I love to look at and see and try to study and figure out where kids are going.
0: How have the parents reacted to the way you train kids versus what they would traditionally see from, mo- from most programs?
1: Yeah, I mean, for, it's, so it's funny. My town in, in particular is sort of behind the times. Like, I think a lot of the parents here are just happy, like, the kids get involved in the program, you know, they're they're just happy. They haven't seen much, like, training at other facilities or, like, what's generally considered strength and conditioning. But the kids from out of town who come in here, they've definitely been exposed to other places. And it's, you know, it's – I have to – I sometimes I have to talk to them and tell them, like, listen, I know your kid's 10, and I know that they're very serious about their sport, but they have – to do these things first before I can really make their training really serious most parents love it they think just they know that a, the kids don't get a lot of access to like movement at school you know it's just such a push especially in Massachusetts school K through 12 it's such a push on standardized tests and they have those scores really high and, and so I think there's a less there's less emphasis on on physical education and recess and things like that so kids really aren't getting as much movement as they should and so um I, me having my facility where kids can get that is I think has been been you know good for a lot of kids and a lot of families
2: I was saying have they taken out PE from some of your schools there
1: so we have it still in the schools but it's really like you know my son at last year at the elementary school I think they had PE like once every six days
2: oh shit! yeah yes
1: yeah they know that I know they're wrong and what they're doing you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so they like they avoid me like the plague because <laughs> I let them know. But it, you know what? One thing positive thing they did do is they extended recess by ten minutes, which was nice. So that's uh, that was a step in the right direction. And another thing that happened was that I got to see. So my facility is actually right across the street from the elementary school. So every day, a, a kindergarten class, a couple kindergarten classes would come over to my facility every day during the day to give those kids a break. And we would just like, I would set up an obstacle course and those kids would just run through it for like 20 minutes. And I'm talking like 20 minutes straight, nonstop. These kids would just run around the obstacle course over and over and over and over and over. They would be drenched in sweat, you know? And then uh, and they'd be like happy as could be and they'd go back to class. And we That's did awesome. it all year We're literally just up until like that last week. When, we got, when they shut all the schools down, there was kids coming over. Unfortunately, they're not going to let it happen this year, you know, because too many things for those kids to touch and spread uh, viruses, I guess. So that's going to be out. But last year was awesome. We went almost a whole year with those kids coming over every day. That's oh, fantastic, that's crazy, man.
2: Yeah, I know that Dennis and I watch your videos and, uh, and the stuff you do is so creative. But, you know, what you're able to do is you're able to develop all these qualities for these kids without them – thinking about it and they don't know what's going on but they're they're getting everything
1: absolutely i think that's the key with with you know i think you're when you're working with kids under like maybe 12 11 you know maybe under 11 pre-adolescent age for sure like that's the idea is to try to figure out ways to like get them to do what you want and to develop those skills without them even knowing it you know especially like when you consider a game like tag you know it's a lot of fun right but they don't realize that they're 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 training their ability to react. They're training and of direction. Their ability to create space. The ability to close space. Like those are all skills that you use in sports that they will, will use later on. You know what I mean? So it's like they have no idea that that's happening, but that's why we use those type of activities to, to develop those skills. You know, so I try to come up with as many games as possible to try to get you know, what I want to accomplish. So even like when you take a game like tag. If you want the kids to do have a lot of change of direction, like say you want you want the kids to really stop and start a ton, then you make the game a tag in a much smaller space. So they're forced to like run around and, and and really have to stop and start and change direction whereas like if say if you want more of a conti- uh, conditioning effect you open the space up so they have longer accelerations you know what i mean and so there's just more there's more probably a little bit more linear running than there is change of direction so you're working more of a conditioning type base you know what i mean and you can manipulate that all you want you can do it all over. at one time you can make the space large and as numbers go down you make the space smaller you know, there's a million ways to do it, but I love trying to figure out like, how can I get the kids to do what I want to do? You know, how can we get them more fit without even realizing, you know, they, they're, 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 uh, they're working hard. And especially like young kids, like I've said this before, if you give them open space and free time, they're going to do two things. They're going to start playing tag, right. Or they're going to start wrestling. Those are the two. It's yeah. like, yeah. it's like, it's just part of their being. And that's the tough part about now With this whole COVID thing, it's like kids naturally, it's just part of them that they're going to push and pull and start knocking each other down and playing because that's just what they do. And you're trying to keep them away from each other when it's totally natural for them to do that type of stuff. You know what I mean? But you figure like those two games alone, just wrestling, just play wrestling, which develops tremendous amount of like spatial awareness and strength and mobility that and tag where you develop the ability to close space and open space and stop, change direction react. Those things right there cover so many athletic skills. Absolutely, <laughs> man. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah I mean, I'm a huge fan of that type of stuff. And then as the kids get older, we do get, we, you know, we do get more organized, you know, we'll start to add in. And that's like, for me, stick mobility has been literally like changed my business. It's changed the way, I train kids because I can start to implement like those foundational strength qualities like squatting and lunging, stepping, you know, pushing pulling because, and, because the sticks allow you to really put yourself, put the kid, it allows me to put the kids in the right positions to do those things. You know what I mean? When the kids start to hit like, you know, start to hit like 11, 12, 13, and we start to organize training a little bit, then we add that piece. Like we add, we add, you know, we have a kind of a dynamic warm-up where we do like skipping and hopping and shuffling and all your basic fundamental movement skills but then after that then we start hammering away at foundational movement skills like squats and lunges and things like that where we're trying to teach position and trying to get them to feel like you know how these different exercise exercises feel and like i said using the sticks have been has been a godsend when it comes to that And, and we pretty much use them with that age group every session from there we will probably do more like speed development type work just basic sprinting and apply you know, metrics and jumps and things like that but then we always finish we go back to what we did as we were when we were younger we always finish with some type of reactive game something fun to allow the kids to really open up and not only you know sort of develop some fitness but also you know have fun at the end
0: one thing that especially parents forget is kids as they're growing especially the one kid that you referred to that grew five inches like yeah. that like yeah. that kid has to now figure out how to deal with that new five inches that he okay. didn't have before parents are and i think a lot of trainers are missing out on that too
1: we do a ton of like rolling like mm-hmm. there's just like forward rolls backward rolls any type of like tumbling type work uh i think the most important age to do that type of stuff is like when they start growing because they're their sort of center of gravity and base of support just changed significantly in a really short amount of time. You know what I mean? They grow like weeds, and all of a sudden, like, you know, they put in three, four, five inches. That, their kind of center of gravity is a little different than it was a couple months before. So that's why we continue to, like, teach them how to fall Teach them how to roll. Teach them how to get up off the ground. Get back down. You know those all that stuff. It gets a little bit more organized than the way we do it as kids. But that stuff is definitely still involved in the training of uh, as the athlete starts to mature. And I think, like I said, it was it's a really important time to do it when they start to grow.
0: We've seen the videos, especially like you talked about with them, you teaching them how to fall. It, they look like they're having an absolute blast. It, I mean, when they're learning that too.
1: Sure. Yeah. And, and you know what, it's, what's fun for us is like, and you guys probably see this too, is like, you ha- when you have a facility, you're going to have people from with all different types of abilities that come in. So we have kids, you know, we have kids that come in for with all different types of abilities. Some kids maybe took gymnastics and they could come in and hit rolls and, and handstands and cartwheels. Like it's nothing, but we got other kids who would never been exposed to that at all. You know what I mean? So for us, it's been trying to figure out ways to teach that. What's the easiest progression to teach those types of skills too. So that's been fun the last few years is just sitting down and trying to figure out like, all right, what's like literally what's like ground zero? Like, how do we, how do we, if a kid comes in, he's never done a forward roll or cartwheel or any of that type of stuff. Where do we start? And I've looked at other gymnastics type places and and trying to see what they do to teach. And even my daughter, my daughter does gymnastics. And I like sat her down one day. I was like, all right, what's what's the first thing you learned when you went to, when you went to gymnastics? And she like, you know, it was like it was like a it was like a backward shoulder roll or forward roll. And so that's kind of where we start. You know what I mean? And some kids take to it. They love it. Some kids don't love it. Don't love it, but they'll still do it because we, we, we try to explain to them like, hey, listen, I'm not trying to make you a gymnast. But when you're on the field, you may get hit or get knocked down or may fall suddenly when you're not expecting it. And it, having these skills to be able to protect yourself is huge. And so once they figure that out and understand what we're talking about they're a little more, you know, a little more I have to do it. Yeah. I was going to
2: say that it builds so much confidence for them.
1: That too. Yeah. It's huge because you, you instantly learn as a part of you, like you, it's sort of like instant body awareness. Once you start, and it's funny too, like when we first get kids doing it, the first like five or six rolls, they all get up and their heads spin it. Mm-hmm. Their vestibular system hasn't been exposed to that at all. You know what I mean? So like this, that fluid in their ears getting sloshed around, and it's like, they haven't been, ex- they haven't experienced that at all. Some of them maybe, maybe never in their life. And so, you know, the first few times they do it, they they get up and they're, they're, you know, they're lightheaded, their heads are like, all right, just relax. You'll be fine. Keep trying. You'll get better. And the, and obviously they do. Um, and that's another thing going back, like when you have like really little kids, that's what's huge. Like taking them when they're, when they're babies or even toddlers, like just flipping them upside down and playing with them and letting them roll around on the bed, doing all that type of stuff helps develop those senses especially at an age where they're really developing rapidly.
0: And as an athlete if you, especially if you're like a wrestler or football player, and you get the advantage of being able to orient yourself quicker coming out of that role. Yep. yep. when you been back down.
1: Uh, we have a girl, she's going she's a field hockey player. She's actually going to University of California next year. She swears she was in a tournament and a girl swung the stick and she tripped and she fell forward and she's like at the last second I tucked my head and rolled and got right out of it and he's like and she's like i swear i did it because we do it here all the time i was like i don't know if that's true but it's awesome (laughs) yeah she became instinct that's cool yeah you know what i mean It just because she does it all the time here and so she just was like airborne for a second and she realized like hey this ain't gonna end well and she just tucked her head landed on her back of her shoulders and rolled up and she said she actually rolled right back up on her feet she's like it's amazing what can sort of happen when you practice those skills.
0: Now, do you train adults or just primarily just the yeah,
1: kids? Yeah, so we have like early in the morning before like the before work crew, we train adults, um, and so uh, I usually have a couple sessions like that in the morning, and then again after we get done working with the kids in the afternoon, we have the after work crew come in at night. So it's usually just a small class. I never have more than like maybe maybe eight to ten people. You know what I mean? But we do a lot of... Actually, we do a lot of stick mobility, that's for sure. But, you know, I try to I try to keep that sort of athletic feel for the adults, too. So we still do some movement, like where we, like, skip and hop and shuffle and backpedal. Like, we try to keep those skills. Keep Like, we try to get our adults to either redevelop those skills or, or keep those skills that they had when they were younger. And the, And then, you know, as far as, like, training goes, we do a fair amount of, like... Getting on the ground and doing different types of crawls and crab, you know, crab work and reaches and hip lifts and things like that. And then we usually get into some type of like light plyometric work, whether it's like doing step up jumps or you know skate jumps, just hopping, real simple stuff that they can handle. But you know, obviously, it's it's not something they get at a typical gym. Continue on from there. You know, we'll do like kettlebell work. We we don't go crazy heavy. It's not like uh we don't do Olympic lifts things like that. We do different dumbbell different dumbbell circuits. Um, you know, basically more general fitness than anything. You get games going with them too. Sometimes if we go to the field, like we've had some adults come to the field, like we have a one group of guys that were all former athletes. So when they go down, uh, when we meet at the field, they'll do all, we'll, we'll play some games like tag or we'll play like ultimate speedball, things like that, which has been a lot of fun. Um, some some of the adults like some of the ladies though they just want to come in and they want their butt kicked like that's they just want to work really really hard they want to sweat and they want to they want to be out of breath so i try to figure out like how can we do that in the safest way possible and give them what they want at the same time is that they get benefits like it you know they get increases in strength they get increases in mobility you know things like that the things that, that you know a strength coach wants to see so yeah it's fun i like I, I love training adults and those guys have been my bread and butter since i began you know i feel like the kids come and go as this year goes kids go play sports kids go you know have other things going on so we have you know kids coming and going all year but adults are like always here if you
0: were giving advice to a parent as far as they want to know how soon or what's the appropriate time to get their child into a weight training program? What would your suggestion be, your advice be for that?
1: So I think that, you know, the, the way I look at it as like, I try to explain when the parents come in too, because we get parents from all different ages and they ask them for training and some are skeptical about getting their kids to do some type of strength training and, and, you know, or some type of training program. So I, first thing I always tell them is this strength training and weight training although they can be the same thing they can also be different Mm -hmm. we can take kids and do plenty of strength training without ever touching any weights at all you know what I mean so I try to explain it I'm like like, okay your 7 year old could come in and we can hang on a bar we could climb we could do monkey bars we could shimmy across you know we could bear crawl on the ground we could jump on boxes we can push sleds or you know I even I don't even push sleds with them because the parents that freaks them out but I'll have them like so if I have the kids push a sled some of the parents freak out but if I have him push a blue box with a sandbag in it, yeah. they don't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's crazy. So we'll do stuff like that. We'll play tug of war. And, and I try to explain it like, hey, this is strength training for a kid this age, you know, for your seven, eight or nine year old, you know, we're not going to, we don't have to use any weights, but he can get uh, a benefit of, we can develop strength by these means. And so, and then I explain like the strength training part, when you get into the weight, the weightlifting part, I usually start to have the athletes usually around ten or 11s so when we first start introducing the weight the weightlifting part. And I'll tell you why. It's more so like psychological maturity than it is physical. Mm-hmm. So like so I've had kids who are like physically they might be fourteen, but they come in and mentally and emotionally they're like ten. Mm-hmm. They can't handle the structure of like coming in and doing, you know, three sets of ten push up and three sets of eight step-ups they just can't they want games they want fun they want you know what i mean where i've had other kids that were like i've had girls come in here who are like 10 but like maturity wise they're like 13 Hmm. physically they might not be there but they can understand and handle like if i gave them three exercises to do they're going to do all three exercises and do all the reps and do it the exact way i tell them so it kind of varies as far as kids go because every kid's different you know, as far as their maturity level goes, but you start to see kids sort of, we sort of phase out. Like you ever see my program, Speed Demons? That's what we call the younger kids program. Mm -hmm. Kids phase out of that right around six, grade six. And so as they get out of grade six and into grade seven, it's like junior high. That's sort of the time where like, all right, we're going to start getting a little bit more serious and start getting, getting involved in like a little bit, way more structured type strength and conditioning program. You know, I try to, it's not always perfect, but Usually up to grade six, it's sort of body weight, fun games, basic exercises. And then from there, when they sort of reach grade seven, that's when I kind of split the switch and we get into more. We start teaching them how to do like Olympic lifts. We start teaching kettlebell work. We start teaching, you know, and the idea is right. Like, like I was saying before, like what we use stick mobility a lot with, we do overheads, different types of squatting with the sticks and the lunging with the sticks. So those kids have a very, like kind of a general idea of how to do those movements so it makes teaching a lot easier when we get a bar in our hands.
2: So do you, uh, you know, based on how they do with a stick, is that kind of like you're almost like a screen? You're like, okay, yeah. you know, you look pretty good there. Let's go 100%. ahead and try to learn how to snatch
0: now.
1: hundred percent, especially overhead. Like, you know, just getting, just getting kids to like pull that stick overhead, teaching them how to not pull it back and like go way behind, but to kind of press up and pull it apart and create tension in their shoulders i can't tell you how many kids just the first time they do it's just like oh my god like i can't believe the stretch that i have because all they do is sit with their phones in their hands or uh, play, yeah, or yeah. Play, their, play their video games and like they come in for the first time and we're like all right you're actually going to lift your arms over your head for the first time and who knows how long <laughs> and they get that stick in their hands and they we start to teach them how it feels to develop tension in their shoulders and things like that like the stick is great because it totally teaches that that feeling and how to develop tension and where the, where the stick should be. And yeah, we can go right from there. I can take a kid after a few weeks of doing that with just the stick. And then I got the training bars where we have like, it's like 15, 20 pound bar. And we can start teaching them overhead work with that. And then eventually to the 45 pound bar. It's funny you say that because like I'll teach snatches before I teach cleans. I guess there's a more finality to a, to a snatch. Like you get it overhead and boom, it's like locked out where like the clean you see people like catch it and they sort of reverse curl it. And there's a lot more, I think there's a little bit more technique involved with the clean than there is a snatch. So I'll go right into teaching kids how to snatch with the stick and then a light bar. And then, and then obviously a 45 pound bar. So I'll teach that first. It's a great lift. It's a great move, you know?
2: Yeah, I agree, man. I, I think the clean's tough because you got, you know, you the wrist involved and then, yeah, it turns into a curl because in mean, a lot of times they're, they're already strong enough to curl that weight. Well they're learning the technique and I yeah. think with the snatch it's easier it's like hey jump i <laughs> well, throw that bar well, overhead
1: yeah and, and like I said when they when they do figure out like what it should feel like above their head they really pick it up pretty quickly you know what I mean so and I love the idea like I you, I already tell the kids like this is the snatch is a speed lift right mm-hmm. everything you're trying to do is to get that bar over your head as fast as humanly possible so, like the athletic kids love that because they can just, they know, like those kids know how to use their hips and lose their body. And they just start ripping that weight overhead. It's great. It's great to see. I love it, especially with, with younger kids who understand it. And I, I got my older, my oldest guy. He does uh, split snatches this year. So it's like he jumps and then splits his feet and catches it into kind of a lunge. It's just like an old, it's just a, such an old school lift. You know what I mean? And it's like, him and I got time. So I'm like, whatever, I'll just teach you how to do this. And so he's been playing with that lately, too. It's nice. It's very athletic because you sort of get into it full extension on two feet and then as quick as you can you got to split those feet and get in that lunch you know what i mean so you sort of go from this like fast speedy move all of a sudden with that bar overhead and now you got to sort of stabilize yourself laterally
2: you have them switch legs too
1: yeah yeah so like today we did like six <laughs> this morning he was here we did like six sets of four and he goes two right two left he probably had i don't know it was like not more than he probably had 100 pounds on the bar it wasn't a ton you know what i mean he's only in eighth grade but still like it's it's just good. It's pulling against the weight, you know, and moving the bar fast, which I, which I love.
0: Going back to the wrestling aspect, yeah. For us, like we believe that that is really one of the biggest foundations of really teaching a child how to be strong, and and not only that, but teaching the joints and the bones, connective tissue, how to take pressure. So, so what other benefits would you tell a parent that wrestling brings to a child's development?
1: So you know, there's so many, and I usually approach it as like uh, instead of saying wrestling, I say uh, rough and tumble play.
0: Oh, there you there go. go. Good call. Good call. Yes. That way, it's like
1: all right. Well, then you just take like that idea of like WWE and oh, you <laughs> you take that out of the picture, right? And then, and it's like all right, rough and tumble play. It sounds more like kid life. You know what, okay. what I mean? And so. I always say that and then I tell them, I said, listen, like, you see your son or daughter when they're with their friends? What do they do? And they're always like, oh, they can't keep their hands off each other. Children, I think, love that, like, uh, pressure and feedback, the proprioceptive feedback. You know, they, someone else's hands on them pushing them and they push back. They love that feeling. You know what I mean? And it develops so many senses and really makes them feel better. Um, the other part of it is that with kids, like, it teaches them how to play. So, it, you know, you're always going to have one kid that's stronger than the other. If the kids want that play period to, to keep going, to not stop, the kid who's stronger sort of has to not bully the younger kid around too much. He sort of has to let him win or at least let them be equal for a time because if you don't, the kid who's losing is going to quit. The stronger, more athletic kid sort of learns a little bit of empathy and he doesn't have to put oh. everything he's got into it because if he does, he's going to hurt the other kid or it's just not going to be fun for the other kid and that kid's not going to not want to play. Anymore. So it teaches like some pretty, pretty important life skills too, like not to beat everybody up. Sometimes you got to sort of go easier, which is, I think, a skill in itself. Right. Like it's a fine skill. Not everything in sports you do requires you to do it all out. One hundred percent. You know what I mean? Sometimes some skills require you to do be a little bit more fine and be a little bit more balanced. So I like that idea as well. You know, especially with, with wrestling too, is there's so much push-pull. There's so much of them using the, their feet into the ground, you know, so they're rooting, they're rooting their legs into the ground. They're using their hands and their forearms and their grip to push and pull. I mean, I could go on, like, you know, when it comes to schoolwork, like uh, development as far as writing, you need to develop, obviously you need to develop fine motor skills to be able to, to write with a pen or pencil. But before you can ever develop fine motor skills, you need to be able to develop gross motor skills through your shoulders, you know, your upper body, that, and that arms, shoulders, upper back, things like that. So those types of activities develops those things. So like I try to connect the dots, like, listen, when you're, when kids are wrestling and playing and rolling around, like they're developing so many things, so many more things that you can't see. Yeah. just, for me, it's, it's the, it's the first thing that any kid sort of seeks out to develop strength you know what i mean that and like you know you take them outside they want to climb on stuff even toddlers you know the first thing they go for is stairs right freaking toddlers first thing they go for is stairs you can have a full yard open wide open and the first thing that they're going to go find is something to climb up because they always want to challenge themselves and so same thing with and as they get older their kids are always looking for a challenge they're always looking for something when there's two kids around they're going to challenge each other they're going to try to wrestle and push and pull and and so I, I hardly ever stop it when it's that, when, the, when kids come into my facility and they start wrestling. I usually just let it go. Obviously, I watch it, make sure no one's going get, to gonna get a DDT or, you know. <laughs> it's, it's great. I think, it, like I said, it's, there's so many things that, that wrestling and, and rough and tumble play will, will develop in children.
2: I think just like everything else you're doing, man, you're, just, you're just building a ton of confidence for them, too. And they know how to deal with it, you know, themselves and other people.
1: Sure. Sure. That's a big part. I think the social aspect of like getting together with other kids and competing and doing different games is huge. And that's again, I, I don't think they get enough of it because, you know, you drive through any residential street, like especially where we are, I hardly ever see kids outside. Yeah. For me, having a facility where kids do come and play and, and need to get along and need to deal with different types of personalities because, you know, and I'll be honest, we have kids that come in whose parents sign them up that have, you know, severe ADHD. We have kids who are artistic. We have kids who, you know, who are sort of just maybe timid. You know, they all across the board. You know what I mean? And all those kids are together. And so... know being together they learn how to uh how to deal with each other and 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 the different ways that they not only move but their different personalities things like that it's important and i feel bad for the kids now because like you know we got in quarantine and kids get shut down that's a you know you're talking to all these younger kids this is an important time in their life where they need to be together not separated so yeah it's definitely tough that's why the first day that we could be outside as a group we were outside you know, at the fields getting kids together because, it, and, and I'll tell you what, it felt awesome. The kids yeah. loved it too. They were so happy to be back with their friends and be able to, to do stuff.
0: Yeah, I love what you said earlier about the empathy, developing that empathy. It's kind of like if we were playing tag, the fastest kid knows he or she is the fastest one. Yep. But in order to keep the game going, they learn how to regulate that speed.
1: 100%. So, and, you know, it's funny too, we, we play a game where we do like team tag. Mm-hmm and uh i always take the worst kid and put him on the best kids team so typically that kid would probably hunt hunt the slowest kid down first in a regular mm-hmm. game of tag but now that kid's on his team and he becomes the protector instead of the hunter wow. you know what i mean so so, so the other team's trying to get your worst player but you got this stud who's going to protect him he's going to go out of his way to make sure that nobody goes near him because because now that kid's on his team, so so it's this this other like life skill like we're gonna we're gonna we're a tribe we're a team, and I'm mm-hmm. gonna protect my weakest guy. You see these kids who are really athletic sort of step up and change their focus and and sort of try to um, help the team out rather than than just. Whereas like if you played a regular game of tag, you see them sort of like just on their own. They're just like oh, I'm just gonna beat everyone here. I'm just gonna run everyone down and win. Yeah. It's an interesting dynamic and it's fun. We, I love playing team tag because you see, you see the different ways the kids try to figure out how to win and cooperate and things like that.
2: How do you get someone to, how do you protect someone in tag?
1: So when in we team play tag. team tag, yeah, team tag. So you have different ends. So some kids will be like, say we had a five on five. You know, okay. You're trying to basically tag every other kid on the other team, get them out. The idea is like when the other team comes to the other side, they have to tag like one or two specific kids, right? So you have like your, your, uh, you have your protectors and then you have your, like kind of the kid that they're trying to get to. And so what happens oh. is like, yeah. So you get these kids that surround the weaker kid and like try to just move them around and keep them away from the kids that are hunting them down. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, we, we have like 20 different variations of how we play, but the other, another, um, another way to play is basically you have a team in the middle, and then you have the other team on the outside, and one at a time, a te- one kid will run in and try to tag a player from the other team, and then he runs back, and the next kid goes, tags, and you have to time it. So you time how long it takes for one team to t- get a tag on every player, and then you switch sides, and the other team is the chasers, and the and one team is the chasers, and the other guys in the middle are now running away. So no one's ever out. You just get tagged. What you get is, like, you go back and forth in the series. You know, oh, you guys won game one. Oh, you guys get- – uh, one game, two, and you go back and forth. And then will sometimes I'll manipulate it. And be like, oh no, you guys, a team might have won. They might be dominating, but I'll I'll say no, like the team that's not as good. I'll I'll give them a win. So just to keep it going, and we'll have like a four out of seven game series of like tag. Those kids will be playing tag for forty five minutes. It's just such a, it's just fun to see. It's just such a simple game and how how involved the kids get.
0: Well, growing up when we pick teams, let's say for dodgeball or anything that we played, we did we picked the. The alpha person first right and that's and then we whittled down we knew who our friends were we knew their skill levels sure. and so the way you approach it the kids that are on the lower end of the spectrum don't feel left out so to speak
1: sure yeah they love it they like because they always kind of want to be they, they want to feel like they're maybe not on the same level but you know, they're accepted. And so when I make the teams myself, I make sure that, you know, the chance for them to win is there. So you put your stud with the kid who's probably not the best kid. And so it's like almost like you have a bunch of average kids versus like a couple above average kids and a bunch of below average kids. You know what I mean? And it's it's funny how the dynamic, usually those kids still win. Like just, you know, you just can't beat the alpha kid. He's just so good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, because the other thing that we saw too is when kids get into that mindset where they feel uh then right. they don't they don't want to they don't, don't want to do it they don't want to do
1: it 100 percent. 100 percent. yeah so and there's other things we do too like like a set up an obstacle course first we'll set it up where the kids just run around right they just test it out so that'll take like 10 minutes right they'll just run around the obstacle course trying different things different jumps and haha it's fun and then they'll get bored and i'll be like, all right i'm gonna time it now so I'll take out the stopwatch mm-hmm. and then the kids are like, oh, all right, you know? And so now they're talking crap to each other. I'm going to beat you, beat you. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so then they will do that for a while. And I'll, again, I'll manipulate the times. I'll, I'll take the worst kid and I'll knock off 10 seconds and say, he beat the best kid. You know <laughs> I'll still say it. You know what I mean? And like all the kids get fired up and then the kid who's, you know, then the kids even go faster and that will last like, you know, maybe 10, 20 minutes. That'll, then they'll get bored with that. And they will be like, all right, we're going to, change the obstacle course and we set it up as like a race. And then we we set it up and now the kids are racing each other. So it's like, you know, two kids at once right, racing through. So then you can, re- if you want to race your buddy, you know what I mean? You want to race a kid who's like, who, who you came down there with or who you're good friends with. Or, you know, I'll say like, I'll take a kid who might be slower and we'll give them like a head start and have the uh, faster kid chase them. All you got to do really with the kids is like, just keep manipulating, changing, because they get... They love they love novelty, like so you mm-hmm. you get something oh, this is awesome, but they get bored really fast. And so once they start to get bored with something, you just change it a little bit, and it just brings them right back to you know it sort of engage reengages them again. This summer we st- we started playing uh well we we played so many games, but for the last like week and a half it's been. Do you guys ever play matball? Mm, no, no, so it's like it's like it's like wiffle ball or kickball but you can play with a large group of kids. So when you hit the ball or kick the ball, when you get up, get on first, in order for you to score, you have to go around the bases twice, okay? Mm-hmm. So in order to score, and if you ever get on a base and you decide to like, you can't come off. So if you come off a base, you have to go to the next base automatically, mm-hmm. right? If there's a pop-up, you don't have to tag up. You just go, right? Oh, Wherever you, okay. want, right? But like, if you're on third and you still have to get around one more time, Someone hits the ball and you decide to go. You've got to go through home and get all the way back to first as fast as you can. And so we, what we do is we really spread out the bases. So the kids are flying. I mean, you don't think it's baseball or playing wiffle ball or anything like that is that much running. But the way we manipulate the field, the kids run so much because you've got to go around the bases twice. And they're really spread apart. So they're really moving. And, and you can have as many kids on a base as you want. So there might be 10 kids on second base at one time. Because they didn't, some kids decided they didn't want to go. And then a kid will get a big hit, and you'll see ten kids running around the bases all at once, like chasing each other, all the way around. So it's 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 a neat game that allows a lot. It's sort of you know you develop baseball, softball type skills, but there's a lot of running and there's a lot of like you know there's a there's a lot more movement than typically have in a regular game of baseball or football. We played that for like two weeks, but then like out of nowhere every couple of kids are like, oh, I'm sick of this. Let's do something else. Whereas the week before, it was like it. They would have played that. It seems like they would have played that every week. But then out of nowhere, they just get bored. And then they want to do something else. So we now we've shifted to more like uh, flag football type activities because it's almost football season, although football's not really happening around here. But still, they. and then again, they get engaged, re-engaged. We started playing flag football. We started playing this game called, we made it up. It's called Ultimate Kickoff. And boom, kids are right back into it, loving it. That's kind of the idea is to just constantly vary and change what you're doing, what activities you're doing to get the kids engaged and to work really hard.
0: So the kids are the, that all work out together, do yeah. you see this connect, the connection that they have at the gym when they're training? Do you see that connection carry over to their social life at school like they they're –
1: A lot of kids that come down, like, so, so like when we set up training sessions that, you know, you can go on the hour. And so Mm. you'll see like, like today, this morning, like at 10, 10 AM, like all the kids that came in, were all sophomores.
0: Mm. You
1: know what I mean? Like they all hang out together. And then all the kids that came in at 11 were like eighth graders. And then all the kids that came at noon were in high school. You know what I mean? So it was like, is you see the kids sort of migrate, like they're all buddies and they're all in. So they're all, you know you get one or two kids that that come here and then and then the rest of them sort of follow and then they they will look to train together. They want to be together too as because they're all buddies, you know what I mean? So I see that a lot like the different sessions throughout throughout the day you see the the kids come in and they want to not only work out but they want to be with their friends when they work out.
0: Cuz I think that's kind of the reason why CrossFit and other try or group type of workouts have gravitated to the adult community because it kind of takes us back to that whole being together thing
1: yeah for sure you see it all the time and even like the adults that come in a lot of them you know i remember one of them telling me like when i get done with high school sports i never wanted like i told myself i was never gonna have a coach like yell at me or tell me what to do ever again and now it's like years go by and <clears throat> after working a full day right at some office or something like they want someone to tell them what to do. They don't want to think they want to come in and they want someone to just say, Hey, do these exercises. This is how you do it. And they don't want to think they just want to go. They just want to work really hard. And then when they get done, they want to be sweaty and out of breath and tired and feel good. You know what I mean? Cause that's when you feel good, right? It's when you, when you're working out, it, doesn't feel awesome. It's when you're done is that when you're happy and that's what it feels good and that's what they want. And, and so I, I get that all the time. Like, ah, oh, you know i love i love not having to think i love not having to just i love you coming in and telling me what to do and we just go yeah you see that a lot i also see like some of the kids that come in like i know there's kids that are you know maybe anxious maybe you know they're prone to anxiety um and they've they've found exercise to help them you see those kids like just zone out they come in here they'll get a pair of dumbbells or a barbell they'll put their headphones on i'll put those kids like on the minute you know they'll do like power cleans and chin-ups back and forth and like those kids just zone like they're just in another world and 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 they get done and they come over and like ah oh, i feel so much better now i think there's a lot to be said about exercise in that realm too just like literally how does it make your head your brain feel like you know cuz there's so i think there's a lot of kids that are suffering from different you know maybe it's ain't maybe they're stressed out from school home whatever it is yeah. you know exercise as you guys know is a huge benefits for those type of things that's easy to forget I think we forget, like, I think there's a huge focus on adults, but, like, there's a lot of stress in high school and middle school kids' lives. Oh, you know what yes. I and mean? do not have those skills yet. And so those skills get, you know, you see them be doing silly things or getting in trouble. And so they don't know how to, like, sort of express those feelings. So when you do introduce exercise to them and it does make them feel better, it's a godsend.
0: Yeah, they lack that ability to deal with those feelings and those emotions. Yes. Yep. So this yep. gives them that out.
1: Yeah. Yep. And so like there was a we have a girl here today. and she, she's a really focused and determined athlete, but she is prone to getting stressed out about it too. And she comes in and man, this girl just she grabs some dumbbells and a med ball and she puts her headphones on and that girl just goes. I don't even stop her. I I don't go up to her and say like, "Hey, you're developing the wrong energy system." And like I don't even care, right? It's like just go like you love it what you're doing. You're in the zone. You're moving, you're working you're sweating, you're training really hard, and you're feeling good.
0: Just now that you brought that up, yeah, kids in junior high and high school, the amount of pressure that they're under from their parents, from their peers, from their teachers is huge.
1: Yep, and I think, I, and you know, it's another thing here, too, is like I try to get, like we just had a group of like three girls who have like last year would have never even thought of stepping foot in a facility like mine, and they sort of like, then I you know, I talked to the parents, and they were like, oh, they were thinking about coming down, and they just were real nervous, and So I think a big part of, like, being a coach, especially with a facility, is, like, trying to get the kids to feel, like, comfortable. Mm -hmm. And then once they do, it's, like, the sky's the limit. It's so funny. Sometimes we get kids that the first time, a few times here, they're real nervous and and, and scared. And, like, you get them in a few times, they start to get a little bit more comfortable. And then it's, like, boom. They're here, like, every day, ready to go. You know, they come down. It becomes, like, another place for them to go. You know what I mean? So... It's nice. That's how my believe it or not, one of my assistants just graduated high school. She's been with me since seventh grade. And literally, she could coach anyone in this place. I mean, she's just going to college now. She's gonna learn, she's gonna be an exercise science major. She's gonna learn the science side of it, right? But literally when it comes to coaching, like, hey Liz, coach that girl in a deadlift, coach that push up, coach that row, coach that clean. This girl can coach all that stuff already because she's been just so involved in it since she was in 7th grade. I've literally had this girl who was a senior in high school in here with me coaching, teaching kids her age how to lift because she's just so good at it. You know what I mean?
2: That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. Like, and you don't learn time. that in college.
1: Yeah, right? It's like and I and I remember her first time, her first like couple months here, she was quiet and timid and scared as any other kid that comes in the first time. And it's you know and now like look at all these years of spending spending time here where she's kind of developed to and where she's headed definitely proud of that i guess
0: well with the current situation going on right now is online training platform something you you've gone into
1: yeah so we've been doing um just pretty much with just uh, the adults that we have our adult program we in, in early morning and and in nighttime we've been doing Basically, online, we've been doing classes on Zoom. So, what happened was quarantine hit, everyone lost their minds, and we're like, What am I going to do about exercise? And we're like, All right, well, we can try to do these classes online, we'll see how it goes. And so, we have a lot of members. <clears throat> so, I was basically like, Well, the gym's going to get shut down, so I don't need all that equipment. So, I basically like loaned it out take a dumbbell, take a kettlebell, take a medicine ball. And that's kind of what we work with. So, right now, since you know, was it end of March last year? We've been doing those classes online through Zoom. And we basically, I, tr- I make my workouts up based on those things. Body weight, med ball, one dumbbell and a kettlebell. Well, you guys know, like, you know, you just, you deal with the tools you got. You can get pretty creative. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everyone has a stick. Everyone has a stick for sure. So
0: oh, very nice. perfect.
1: Yeah. yeah. So that those are like all the tools everyone has. And we just, we go, we go with it. <clears throat>
0: Because that creativity and that spontaneity is a massive, a part
1: important part of coaching. It's huge. It's huge. It really is because it can. If you don't have it, or if you don't even try to develop it, that that sort of sense, it can make work really you know boring and tedious sometimes. Your turnover ratio is probably going to be pretty high because right. clients are going to get pretty bored. Sure, sure. So yeah, I I've loved. I, I've sort of like really enjoyed the having been forced to do different things with just those tools that we have, you know what I mean? And just taking into consideration like, all right, where these people are at their house? What, you know, what are the different exercises we can do? How can we manipulate it? How can we change it? How can we keep it fresh? I've had some kid people come back, but for most of the part we've been doing it online. I, I didn't have any success doing training with kids online. Okay. So, so what I did was, it's kind of funny. I, I had this idea like, well, you know, if I stay far enough away from the kids, I can still coach them. And so we couldn't go anywhere, but in people's yards back when the quarantine hit. So I basically called all my kids' friends, parents, and said, listen, I'm going to videotape. Can I videotape me working with your kid? I'll give you a couple free sessions and I want to videotape some of it. So I did different sessions and I made like a little highlight film. And basically I put it out there. It was like, listen, I'll come to your house. Your kid stands in the yard. I stand in the driveway. We'll do some exercises we'll train and see how it goes and like probably a week and a half i went from like i don't know i was probably doing the fir- that first week i think i did like three or four sessions and in like a week and a half i was up to like 25
0: oh nice wow
1: you know so i when covid hit i canceled especially with the kids i think i canceled 30 or 40 memberships in one day right because it was like how do we know and those parents didn't want to keep paying because yeah one were they, Right. Yeah. And so I canceled all these memberships in one day. I'm like, this business is never going to last. And then two weeks later, I got that idea. Like, all right, I can stand in people's driveways and do this. And Boom. So I have a truck threw some med balls, some sticks, some hurdles, you know, some, some, some hula hoops. Ah, some nice, you know what man. I mean? You name it. Some med balls, like just through some basics in the back of my truck. I'd show up at a people's house. We go 45 minutes. I, I, warm up, stretch. We do some athletic stuff, play some games. I jump in my truck, drive to the next person's house. It was great. The first kid I did was my neighbor. He, they lived two houses up. Both parents are educators. One's a principal and the uh, boy's mom is a um, teacher. So they were busy doing their stuff. They were trying to work on online. So they, they they knew that their son wasn't getting enough movement. And he's an only child, so he had no siblings. Uh, like, can you just come up and do some stuff with them? And like, first day we came up and it was great. We did, you know, I, I still remember we did some med ball throws. We did some stick mobility work, did some sprinting, and then we finished off with a game. And, like, the kid was like, wow, I haven't been able to, like, see or any, do, any, do anything with anyone in weeks. And so it was great. Yeah. I'm so grateful for that time. Say, although it was a bad time for all of us, I'm so grateful as a coach to be able to go through that and experience those, those things. Because I feel like I can coach anyone anywhere now, anytime. I don't need yeah. my gym. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's interesting because I think a lot of coaches are now realizing that. It's not about the space. It's about what you're teaching and how you utilize what you what you have at your disposal.
1: Sure. And I mean, you guys know. I mean, you guys, you guys could take someone and probably just take nothing but the stick, right? And put them through a world-class workout with nothing but that. You know what I mean? Nothing but just that alone and those exercises. And you could take someone who's a beginner. You could take someone who's advanced and crush them. You know what I mean? There's, it's like, so it's just been great for me to be able to figure out how to do all these things just because it's just made, made me a better coach, I guess.
0: Uh, I find it interesting because we do have, we have had with just the sticks alone, some high level athletes that just after an hour, they're like, Oh my God, what did I just experience?
1: For sure. Right? Yep. <laughs> it's so true it's been such an eye-opening for me because like i said i don't need my gym anymore not that i don't need it but if push comes to shove and something happens we can we can train people anywhere anytime which is huge
0: for any other trainers out there what are a couple books that you would suggest that they have that should be foundational books in their library
1: sure so there there's a book called um the athletic skills model. And that is written. Oh, I can't remember his name at the top of my head now, but if you look it up, if you, if you like Amazon, it, it's, it'll come up. It's the athletic skills model. And basically that book is everything I've ever wanted to say, but I'm not smart enough to say it. It's, <laughs> you know I mean? it's like all the science behind long-term athletic development. And then all the, basically half the book is science and half the book is practical.
2: Is it Renee? It's R- Renee Wormitt.
1: Mormon? that's it okay. yeah, yeah, that's it that's it that's the book yep so that's the one book if you're if you're interested like you know in long-term oh. athletic development and, and like how to do you know what are the what are you looking at as far as like how to develop coordination and movement skills like that's the book that's the book
0: okay um, awesome let's check that out
1: book. yeah it's really great it's really great and then um, another great book is a phys ed book uh physical education called building the Fu- building the foundation so physical education building the foundation that's a guy by the name of carl gabbard huge book so underrated so much good stuff in there there's a whole section on base basically developing strength for children which is primarily okay. body weight stuff. there's a whole gymnastics section <laughs> dance you name it but if you have younger kids and you want ideas on how to develop you know how to develop those their motor skills and and and, and uh kind of athletic skills that's an awesome book to uh yeah. um,
2: I'm gonna yeah. check that out for sure. My yeah. daughter, my daughter's two and a half, and my son is about six weeks old.
1: Oh, dude! Congrats! That's awesome. Yeah, oh, thank you. You are right in the mix now, huh? Yeah, it's it's crazy at home right now. <laughs> oh boy, I remember. Yeah, so we're at like my my youngest is like seven now, so we're out of that that phase. But boy, I was I it never ended. I feel like once we got <laughs> one grew up, we had another one coming in. <laughs> so but it's so fun because they, they just to watch them develop
2: yeah they you develop just, you too that's for sure yeah,
1: right oh yeah that's that's for sure as well yeah those those two books i i'm totally blanking on another book but well if you books, remember
0: the book would you just yeah, uh, send us message, a message us and okay. then what we'll do is we'll throw it on we'll throw it up on the podcast so people listening or watching they'll see oh, that so we'll
1: do that it. it. oh. it's called children in sports training Children and sports training, okay. That's, by, it's, that's written by a guy named uh, Joe Drabek. All right. Okay. It was originally written in Polish, and now it's they translated it in English. Children and sports training, that's a great one too. That one's great because it basically there's a chapter in there about coordination, and everyone just thinks, like, has this idea that coordination is like this general term, right? It's just this all encompassing thing, When well, the reality is this coordination's broken down into sort of like six or seven different types of Of activities like balance is part of coordination but reaction is also part of coordination spatial awareness is part of coordination and so there's different exercises different activities that you can use to develop those different things young athletes have varying ability of those different types of coordination some kids are really great with their balance other kids aren't some kids have great spatial awareness others don't coordination everyone thinks it's just like oh it's you can't really define it but you know when you see it. But the reality is it's sort of like a bunch of different things. And you can do different activities to develop those different parts of coordination. So that book was really eye-opening for me because um, that's pretty much kind of what our goal is You know, when I work with most of the young athletes is to develop those different aspects of coordination. That sounds great. So I would start there, those three books, and you could learn a lot.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, we'll definitely add those to the yeah, library. We check those out for sure. Yeah, we'll definitely add those. Well, Jeremy, thank you very much for your time, brother. This was fun to talk and uh, officially meet, actually, in a tech world. You know? a fan. Yeah, we followed each other's accounts for so long, but now it's finally nice to just actually uh, get some time to talk and chat. And uh, So it's been very informative. We appreciate
1: it, brother. Appreciate you, man. Good. glad you guys are good, and, and I appreciate
0: you having me on. All right, man. So thank you again for everyone listening out there. Uh, appreciate you, and uh, please subscribe to the podcast if, you, if you're loving the content. And uh, we will be having a question and answer podcast coming up pretty soon. So once we get that out there, we'll, have, we'll be looking for some questions from our listeners out there that uh, we'll be able to address. So until next episode, everybody out there, be good to each other.